the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 48 of Say What? Where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the war that is being waged against the family. That's right, George. You know, politics is downstream of culture. And what happens in our society eventually bleeds into the public school uh, through policies and administration, especially as we see the worldview of critical race theory expanding rapidly and demands for, quote, equity, boisterously used to challenge virtually every aspect of what they call tradition in our society. That's right, Mark. We um, we want to kind of introduce this topic on the war on the family by having to go back uh, over 100 years ago. Um, and this started off uh, with Karl Marx um, and even before him, but at least what we see today in terms of an effect on our society and the calls to abolish the family uh, really came straight out of the Communist Manifesto, yeah. um, which wanted to abolish the family unit. In fact, uh, Marx and his cohort Engels wrote a book that was only published by their disciples after they passed, uh, and it was called The Origin of the Family. And this is where they outlined uh, what they mean by it. Uh, and they really defined it. And I'll just do a little quick uh, synopsis of their claim. Uh, we must abolish all right of inheritance to end home and religious education, to dissolve monogamy and marriage, unconstrained sexual intercourse by unmarried women, to nationalize all housework, to shift mothers into factories, to move children into daycare nurseries, to separate children into community collectives apart from their natural parents, and most of all, for society and the state to rear and educate children. This was their vision of utopia. They had to dismantle the family and reorganize it and reorganize and restructure society in this way. George, this is an aspect of socialism that is rarely highlighted in even college curriculums, but certainly high school and middle school curriculums that are promoting socialism as a preferred economic system. Mm -hmm. Most people are under the illusion that Marxism is only about economics. It's about the fair and, quote, equitable redistribution of wealth in in a nation. And many countries have adopted that. Of course, history shows that everywhere it has been adopted, economic catastrophe has ensued. There is absolutely no exception to that rule. But what you have just highlighted here, and what is well known by people who have actually explored Marxism, it goes far deeper than just economics. It is about total state control, including over children and families. And and here's how parents need to understand the logic of why Marx thinks this way, because ultimately you need a utopian society. And to achieve that utopian society, 
you need to make sure that it's equitable. How do you achieve equity? Well, equity wants to dissolve any disparities. If you have a family and if a husband and a wife get to decide, you know, here's how many children we think we want to have. Uh, here's what we want to do together as a family. Here are the jobs we want to have. Well, all of a sudden, the family is the creator of disparities in society. Right. So that's the linkage. And so, Mark, you and I have, have kind of done a little history lesson in past episodes where we show the linkage between Karl Marx and Marxism down to their disciples that started the Frankfurt School, which from there we got the terminology critical theory, which takes Marxism and really applies it as a worldview to every aspect of life. Um, and then from there, we traced how critical theorists came from the Frankfurt School, moved to America. Moved to Columbia University. There we go. And from there, how our current critical social theories, such as feminism, queerism, critical race theory, uh, how these propagate the abolition of the family and especially of parenthood uh, to this day. These are all connected. And so... um, We want to investigate today, especially through the lens of feminism, of critical feminist theory, um, what's going on actually today and and how they're propagating uh, to abolish the family. Well, let's start with a a book that was published by a woman named Sophie Lewis in 2019 entitled Full Surrogacy Now, Feminism Against the Family. So they're not trying to hide – you know, what they're trying to accomplish, George. Here's a quote from the book. It's a central idea to feminism anyway that mothers aren't natural entities. They're making choices to look after this other person. It's not some sort of mechanical automatic process. It's a practice of grounding sociality. Mothers nurture, but they also kill and abuse their wards. That's why it's so valuable to denaturalize the mother-child bond. To do anything otherwise is to devalue that work. That's the horizon that I think open up the space for a revolutionary politics. Say what? Yeah, that's right. And I just did a quick test on this. If you just Google, you know, Marxism, abolition of family or communism, abolition of family, she's one of the first ones that pops up. Google is intentionally, through its algorithms, putting this kind of stuff at front and center in their searches. So um, parents, you need to understand, especially for children that are in college, that you're paying tens of thousands of dollars for intuition and board every year, that if they take any kind of gender studies class, this is what they're being taught. This feminist theory is front and center. So it's not just, you know, authors like uh, Sophie Lewis. In fact, uh, just recently, this month, there was a guest columnist, Joe Matthews, here in California, who published a piece at the Ventura County Star, and then the San Francisco Chronicle picked it up. Picked it up. Mm. And here is what he says. If California is ever going to achieve true equity, the state must require parents to give away their children. Say what? This is January 2022. Yeah. To achieve 
equity. I mean, you'd like to be able to say you, you can't make this stuff up, and, and maybe you can't, but, but here it is in, in black and white, published for everybody who is willing to read the article can, and it's part and parcel, George, of this Marxist ideology, which is a replacement ideology for the Judeo-Christian worldview upon which this country was founded on, that really rips the family to shreds. And now they're completely open about their aims. The state must require parents to give away their children. Yes. Last week, George, on our program, we talked about uh, laws in California, not just California, but across the nation, to take away uh, a parent's right to control what kids put into their body through vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, schools already in the school system, the schools have to write to give medical counseling, mental health counseling, um, vaccinations for the humapapilloma virus and other medical treatments. It's just part and parcel of this effort to take away parents' rights. It's been going on for years now. And one of the reasons and the experts that Joe Matthews quoted was actually Plato. And he's using, you know, this Greek philosopher, this great mind as his expert to say, here's why we need to abolish parenthood. Um, but what, what little Joe Matthews doesn't know is that, in fact, our Supreme Court has already taken Plato's arguments in consideration way back a hundred years ago. In a very famous case. It goes back to 1923. And it is really the case in America that uh, established the fundamental rights of parents to control the upbringing of their children. What's interesting, George, here is that this happened in 1923. Mm -hmm. America was founded, of course, in 1776 with the Declaration of Independence. Um, that stated are in unalienable rights that come from God. They don't come from anybody else. Our, our constitution was formed in 1787. It was ratified in 1789. By the way, our constitution was signed in the year of our Lord. And the idea that parents did not have the right to control the upbringing of their children was never an issue in society. It was never really addressed legally because it was just taken for granted based on the Judeo-Christian worldview that parents have a fundamental right to control the upbringing of their children. But with society changing and more secularists uh, uh, starting to assert their views in society, um, we started to see court cases. And one of them culminated early in this famous case, Meyer versus Nebraska. Very interesting quote from that case. For the welfare of this ideal commonwealth, Plato suggested a law which should provide that the wives of our guardians are to be common and their children are to be common and no parent is to know his own child nor any child his parent. The proper officers will take the offspring of the good parents to the pen or fold, and there they will deposit them with certain nurses who dwell in a separate quarter. But the offspring of the inferior or of the better, when they chance to be deformed, will be put away in some mysterious, unknown place, as they should be. In order to submerge the individual and develop ideal citizens, Sparta assembled the males at seven, seven years old, into barracks and entrusted their subsequent education and training to official guardians. 
Although such measures have been deliberately approved by men of great genius, talking about Plato, their ideas touching the relation between individual and state were wholly different from those which our institutions rest. And it hardly will be affirmed that any legislature could impose such restrictions upon the people of a state without doing violence to both the letter and the spirit of our Constitution. Amen. Amen, indeed. Yes. So what what uh, Mr. Joe Matthews doesn't realize is that what what is he really wanting to follow from what Plato proposed? Putting people with disabilities in a mysterious place, you know, women being second-class citizens where they're just factories pumping out children and then handing them over to the state. Uh, I don't really think Joe understood or really thought through what Plato was really saying. Um, but the good news is that even as recently as 22 years ago, there was another Supreme Court case, uh, Troxel versus Granville. Yeah, and uh, this was a case where the court said the liberty interest of parents and the care, custody of control of their children is perhaps the oldest of the fundamental liberty interest recognized by this court. So they were looking back all the way to Meyer versus Nebraska and other uh, cases similar to say, no, uh, parents still have a fundamental right to control the upbringing of their children. Now, this... This case, George, is continually being tested in different jurisdictions across the country. But this is a Supreme Court decision, and it's still good law. And uh, fortunately, I think we're going to be see more cases like this in the future. But that hasn't stopped the progressives and uh, people like Mr. Matthews from promoting this idea that it's really the village that should bring up children, uh, not parents. Yep, that's right, Mark. And so I want to tie this in a little bit further for parents. So parents, you might say, well, George, you know, you you gave us Sophie Lewis. She's just a crazy, wacko feminist. You know, they're one-offs, right? Oh, George, you just gave us this random columnist, Joe Matthews. Yeah, his piece made it to the San Francisco Chronicle, but, you know, that that's that's nothing to be concerned about. Well, let me tell you something different, something next here that takes it beyond just a person into now more powerful and influential organizations that are starting to think this way and inform and educate uh, their members in this way. And one of these organizations is called the National Council on Family Relations. And they've been around for a while. They've been around since 1938. They claim on their own website to be the oldest nonprofit, nonpartisan, multidisciplinary professional association focused solely on family research, practice, and education. Their members come from more than 35 countries and all 50 U.S. states and include scholars, professionals, students in family science, family life education, human development, marriage and family therapy, sociology, psychology, anthropology, social work, theology, child development, health, and more. They have a total annual revenue of just around $2.5 million and assets nearly $5 million, and on an annual basis... They are training and influencing thousands, tens of thousands of their members. In fact, you can get a like a license to practice from their organization. It's kind of like a certificate. Um, and they recently hosted a webinar. This was uh, middle of last year. And they titled this webinar, 
toward dismantling family privilege and white supremacy in family science. In fact, here's a quote out of the webinar. Family privilege is a structural mechanism hidden within our white supremacist society that creates systemic barriers to equal opportunity and justice for all families. In this webinar, attendees will examine, recognize, and learn how to dismantle the manifestation of family privilege in our social systems by using an intersectional framework developed by critical feminist and race scholars. So, Mark, I didn't say this, even though I said it up front that this is the linkage of how it works. Karl Marx to critical theory to critical feminists. They they are coming and saying it themselves. They are saying that how they came up with this idea of dismantling family privilege is through an intersectional framework developed by critical feminists and critical race scholars. And for our audience, if, 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 you, if you don't remember that term, uh, intersectional, that is a term of art in the critical race theory um, uh, orb of influence. Uh, it, it stands for how different uh, op- oppressed groups uh, align with each other and how their interests intersect and create even more oppressive conditions which now this group is calling the family one of those. It's an oppressive. And what they're also doing here is if you look back to how Marx and Engels and people from 180 years ago were talking about this, they were talking straight up in negative terminology, abolish family, abolish parents. The people today use a positive connotation to kind of trick you to say, well, family privilege is a structural mechanism hidden within our white supremacist society. And you're like, wait up. Am I a white supremacist for having the privilege to being raised in a family? And I I need to dismantle myself of this. I don't want to be labeled a white supremacist. And so over and over, we see now these positive forms of words being used to, first of all, bypass our, you know, first line of defense. Uh, Because if we would hear, hey, I want to abolish you as a mom and a dad, that's one thing. You get the point. But when you hear family privilege is a structural mechanism, you're like, oh, wait up. This this sounds, you know, uh, very intellectual. Uh, let me consider what they are saying. Um, so, yeah, they use these heavily embroidered uh, phrases to try and lend some intellectual credibility to what they're saying. But when, when you analyze it, George, when you peel back, uh, you know, the the barrier, you realize what they're really saying is very simple. We want the state to control your children. Correct. Not parents. Because you have to simple as that. You have to ask yourself, well, how do family privileges and structures create systemic barriers to equal opportunity and justice for all families? And again, you have to put on your critical theory worldview to to know that families by nature, create disparities. Any disparity is an enemy of equity. So in order to achieve equity, you have to abolish any kind of a unit, any kind of a family unit. That's right. And so, you know, what's interesting to me is that this also goes against any kind of, you know, LGBTQ purported idea that, well, you know, we, we just want to be two dads. We're two dads in a loving family that want to be parents. Wait up. 
the worldview that you are using to argue to me that you should be two dads parenting that child is actually the same worldview that disposes of your own argument because your own worldview says, nope, no family, no two dads even in a family. That's right. You are creating family privilege. It's inherently (laughs) contradictory. So what we want to equip parents on our podcast here is – you know, I've heard the saying that bad ideas must be combated with better ideas. And we have those better ideas, especially as Christians. Um, and so one of those really good ideas uh, is very well communicated by one of my newest favorite authors. And this is a, a lady by the name of Katie Faust. And she wrote a book called Them Before Us. And by them, she's talking about children. Yes. And before us, the us is adults and especially adult desires because our society has been become increasingly infatuated with, well, what, what I want, what I desire, what my feelings say. I, I want to be in a relationship with this man and we want to adopt, you know, two children. It, it's all about us. It's never about them, the children and what's best for them. And because she was a, a victim of this mentality, she grew up in a family where her parents divorced, her her mom went off to become a lesbian, her dad went off into multiple other relationships. She felt like her parents prioritized their own sexual proclivities before her, mm. their own child, the child that they should have the most love for. Yes. And growing up and then into her adult years, she did a lot of research on, you know, the effects that she suffered from from all of this really abuse from her parents and the psychological abuse um and you know what one of the very interesting things that i learned from her book is that not that we should abolish parenthood because parenthood is a is a thing it's a real thing and it happens in a family but uh we should not necessarily use the term parenting because that that doesn't exist in fact there is only fathering and mothering because fathers and mothers parent their children in very distinct ways yes. and in very needed ways. The child needs to be fathered. The child needs to be mothered. They're very – it's complementary ways. Correct. The, the mother uh, gives parenting in, in a way that only a female can and the father gives parenting in only the way that a male can. Yes. It's interesting to me, George, that so many progressives they rely on the theory of natural selection mm-hmm. and evolution to put forward their secularist ideas. But evolution itself totally relies on reproduction by a male and a female, <laughs> and the the more sophisticated animals become, particularly mammals, the longer the gestation and childhood period relies on the mother and the father. It at that has it, its apex in in humankind. So they're going against their own underlying beliefs when they're saying children don't need parents. Yep, they don't need a mom and a dad. So parents, we encourage you. Uh, just Google Katie Faust, Them Before Us. In fact, she has a website called thembeforeus.com. Uh, you can get her book from there, and you can uh, really equip yourself with better ideas to present to you know people who you talk to on why abolishing the family unit is the stupidest idea we have ever heard for. 
uh, heard about. Um, but one of the other things we wanted to bring up here real quickly before we close off, Mark, is along the same lines of this idea of abolishing the family, um, POK got to be part of a documentary produced by Rebecca Friedrichs, who's with Four Kids in Country. She is known nationally, um, and she entitled this documentary very, very purposefully why she titled it this way. It's a question. Whose children are they? And when we talk about the family unit, we know that they are the parents. They are that particular moms and dads. Parents belong to a biological father and a biological mother who are going to parent them, mother them, and father them through their life. But increasingly, the critical theory worldview is saying, no, they belong to the state. They should be reared and educated by the state. And so this documentary shows you the the evil intentions of the teachers union and of our uh, state political uh, politicians and educators on how they want to take over our children. March 14th, please put this on your calendar. It's a one-time only event in theaters all across America. March 14th, whose children are they and George, uh, our own George Roska Jr. is actually featured in the film, so you've heard him on the radio now. If you actually want to see what he looks like, make <laughs> sure you show up at the theater on March. Well, that's all the time that we have today for our show. We want to remind you again, uh, please go to our website, protectourkidsnow.org. Become a subscriber, and we look forward to uh, talking about uh, family issues in our public schools again next week. Talk to you next time. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.